Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. Hello and welcome to another podcast from Wessex LMCs. My name is Laura Edwards and I'm one of the medical directors at Wessex LMCs and today I'm joined by Dr Catherine Edmonds. Hi Catherine. Hi Laura, thank you. So Catherine is a GP, a local GP with us who's got an interest in green issues and she's joining us today for another in a series of podcasts that we're doing touching on green issues. So Catherine today I think you've come to join us uh, and talk around overdiagnosis and linking that with the environment. So I'm intrigued, do, do tell us. Thank you Laura. Yeah it's just a bit of a thinking point really. Um, I think as doctors we're all quite aware of the risks of overdiagnosis and overinvestigation, um, and it's well recognised that perhaps doing unnecessary investigations leads to incidental findings that inc- may increase patient anxiety, it might lead to further um, investigations or referrals and that all comes with a, a health burden and it comes with a financial cost. But of course, it also comes with an environmental cost. Now, the recent shortage, the national shortage of blood bottles made us really scrutinise every decision to request a blood test. Before that, I didn't give much thought to ticking four or five different boxes on that on the requesting system if I was going to do a test or to just do some blood tests for reassurance or perhaps because the patient thought it might be a good idea. But that shortage made us really scrutinise, is this the right thing to do? Is it going to help make our decision? Uh, and it does it need to be done now? And I think that's something that we can learn from and, and take some of that forwards. Now, for example, if you want to do a simple blood test for a patient, think about the different steps that are involved there and the carbon footprint that might be involved. So the patient has to travel to the surgery and that might be by car and home. There's the single use equipment, so the tourniquets, the needles, the, the, the vacutainers the sharp spins that are filled up with all of that. The phlebotomist might be using plastic gloves and aprons and a mask, which is single use. And, um, you know, I think that's probably a topic for another podcast, maybe later. There's transporting that sample to the hospital. And then there's the, 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 inter- the um, processing of the sample itself. Not to mention the follow-up appointment to discuss the results, the, the further tests that might be needed based on the results. You know, it's a huge journey that a single blood test makes. We're very lucky that we live in a country with a health system where when these tests are needed or even possibly useful, we can do it with very little thought to the cost or the implication. But I guess I would just urge you to consider, is this really necessary? Is it actually going to make a difference to the health of your patient or to the process of decision making? The RCGP has a group, a working group on overdiagnosis that look at the risks of overdiagnosis um, and how it can be reduced. So if it's something that you want to find out a bit more about, I suggest you have a look at their website. So there you go. I guess just a few a few little things to think about. Um, and as I say, it's not something that you should perhaps base all of your decision making on, but something to keep at the back of your mind that it's not just a health cost and a financial cost, but there's also an environmental cost to doing extra investigations. Thank you, Catherine. And I think as a practicing GP, I I do try and think about that. I would say 
like many GPs, I'm probably also uh, aware of the litigious society that we practice in there as well. And, um, and that we sometimes practice defensively because of the how we'd be scrutinized if, if, the, um, if things don't go well. And I think it's really difficult to try and balance what you may feel is the right thing versus what society and patient expectation drive you to. And I think our patients are in that place where they think good medicine is about investigations and having more investigations, whereas actually when we really sit back and reflect, some of us might say actually good medicine is about doing the few, the, the least number of investigations that we actually need to do. Um, and, and striking that balance and getting that message across is, is quite difficult in today's society because people like having numbers and objective measurements of themselves to just check that things are okay. Um, so it's a really difficult balance to strike. I actually think, Laura, we're, we're very good at it in primary care. We, mm. we rely much more on our clinical examination and history taking. And, and perhaps this is a podcast we should share with our secondary care colleagues because they, they have access to and, and therefore use um, far more investigations and, and diagnostic equipment. Um, and, and perhaps, you know, it is something that should be considered across the board. I think you're right. I mean, I think, you know, the classic conversation that arises for GPs is sometimes a patient who goes with a cough or a little bit of chest pain to their GP versus an A&E. And what will happen with that same patient, um, uh, even if, you know, they don't need that level of stuff, they will get a battery of tests in A&E that they wouldn't necessarily get or need in, in primary care or if a clinician sat, sat very and, and was kind of made to ask, you know, exactly what do you need to know about this patient? And I had a very um, thought-provoking experience where I did my ele- elective in Uganda um, in a hospital there and it was deemed a very good hospital but the patients were required to pay for things so they were required to pay for everything so in your in your story there of all the processes they were very aware so if the doctor used a pair of gloves to take the blood test they paid for a pair of gloves if the doctor missed and needed to t- use a second pair they were charged for two pairs of gloves and they were charged for each individual blood test. So if we said we wanted use and ease, they looked at us and said, no, you don't ask for use and ease. You actually ask for sodium, potassium, you know, creatinine separately. Each blood test is separate and the patient was charged for it, which again, these patients didn't necessarily have a lot. So it, 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 it kind of there were and the hospital didn't have a lot either um in terms of again what we just take for granted so that was really thought-provoking in terms of a really good challenge to me very early on in my practice of the battery of tests that we just tick little boxes and it all happened uh, in a and e it was given much much more thought uh, there about each individual blood test and Does- i agree with you that um it, the blood tube sorted here encouraged some of that conversation that, that story about Uganda, it really does make you think actually not just about the cost, but, you know, really thinking about every single resource that we use and, and then dispose of. Um, and I think you, you could very easily and and with good reason argue that actually if you're going to do use and ease, why not do a full blood count? Why not do LFTs? Why not do thyroid function? Because you might as well do it all in case you miss something. There was a study, an Australian study that actually put a carbon, they actually quantified the carbon emissions from each of those blood tests. And whilst it's not huge, it's in the region of 20 to 50 grams of, of CO2 that's released for each test. 
there is a carbon cost. And actually, if you if you multiply that across the millions and millions of blood tests that are done each year, it really significantly adds up. And it's just another thing to consider, I suppose. It is. And the other thing that I've um, when I've been looking through guidelines, sometimes if you really burrow into them in my more geeky moments and you really look at the evidence about why they've made certain recommendations that then make it into the guidelines that we then all adhere to or look at, sometimes you'll find that the evidence level is some consultants thought it was a good idea. And that suddenly sets a whole thing of patients having blood tests every three months or six months. Um, and actually, perhaps we should be challenging at that level of really, because this isn't when they just see you in the outpatient clinic, this is ad infinitum that these patients are having that frequency of tests. What do we actually, what do we actually find from that? And is, you know, really scientifically, is it necessary? Um, so that's, that's a, again, a challenge probably outside of our realm today, Catherine, but we never know who's listening to these podcasts. So perhaps that will chime with somebody uh, who's in a position to, to influence um, at, a, at that kind of level. But that was um, really helpful. So thank you very much, Catherine. Another thing for us to think about in our consultations around the environment. Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice.